Can we grow roads on trees? Or in fields? If we could, it would be another way to take carbon out of the atmosphere. And store it permanently. But working out the benefits takes careful assessment. Not just looking at how much carbon is used or stored during manufacturing a product. Known as the cradle-to-gate cycle, an assessment of a partial product life cycle from resource extraction all the way to the factory gate. But how it impacts carbon use through the product's lifetime. Back to the original source of the material your road is derived from. And forward to how it's laid, recycled and reused. At the very beginning of the story, you need to know where is that material coming from? How is it being managed? How are those stocks being managed? How quickly are they being replenished? And that that has to drive part of your decision making. At the other end of the story, you have to ask yourself, how long is that biogenically derived material going to stay in the technical world? Welcome to Engineering Matters. I'm Alex Conacher. And I'm Bernadette Ballantyne. In this episode, we've partnered with Shell Bitumen to explain how a new plant-based bitumen will be incorporated into asphalt mixtures being developed by aggregate industries. The hope is that this will allow clients to build roads that act as carbon sinks. This offers a scalable way to reduce the carbon output in a sector that's carbon intensive. It complements the use of recycled plastic waste in bitumen that we learned about in episode 115, The Circular Road. Both approaches follow the circular economy principle. By using advanced recycling technology that has been developed in the waste plastics sector, road builders can cut the amount of virgin fossil fuels used in asphalt. By using biogenic source materials, Shell Bitumen's latest innovation both reduces the need for virgin fossil fuel inputs and takes carbon out of the atmosphere, storing it securely in the asphalt used to build roads. It's not an entirely new development. Instead, it builds on earlier research, finding a way to make it commercially viable. Aggregate Industries are partnering with Shell to test and develop the new product. Here's Bob Allen. He's Head of Research and Technical Services at Aggregate Industries, and he's going to describe the history. We started off way back where everyone uh, was utilising recycled materials and and, and not just looking at reclaimed asphalt, but all sorts of weird and wonderful things from cars, things called frag fluff, which was the the material that you'd get from recycled tyres. But then if we come to about 2010, we invested in a a PhD student, a good friend of mine now, Dr. Helen Bailey, and uh, her PhD was looking at replacing bitumen with vegetable oil. And uh, she successfully got a PhD on that and, and we did actually get a patent. The problem with Bailey's innovation was supply of raw materials. Looking to secure enough supplies of waste vegetable oil back then became practically something that that was difficult to do. Shell has approached the problem from a different angle. For their product, which has the trial name of Shell Bitumen Carbon Sink, they've been working to identify sources of plant-based materials that are reliable, that are sustainable, and that perform at least as well as existing solutions. 
the solution they've come up with makes use of plant-based materials that would otherwise go to waste or be burned to produce energy. While these sources may grow in fields or in trees, they're not establishing new agricultural inputs, but making better use of existing resources. Here's Richard Taylor, Global Technology Manager for Shell Bitumen. Who we heard from in the intro. To explain the questions they considered as they identified biogenic sources for their new bitumen. You have to look at where is that material being sourced from. You have to have a look at its impact on land use and land use change. You have to look at the environmental credentials of the source. This will not be a silver bullet single material that will replace bitumen. There will be lots of different opportunities from the bio world where proportion of that material can be used in lieu of non-renewable products. The materials have to be available on a scale which is sensible for, for bitumen and asphalt production. It has to be compatible. We've got to be able to blend this into the bitumen. We have to be able to make a product that behaves and performs at least as well as the bitumen that we have today. So the new product will use a variety of sources. That reduce the need for long-distance transportation, itself a source of carbon. If we look at the, the existing crude oil system, it's very much an international system. I think that it would make sense for these materials to be sourced locally. Obviously, transport is an issue there. The types of things that grow in different regions are very, very different. Put quite simply, you're not going to get the same biogenic material from all regions of the world. The plants and vegetation that you would find in Southeast Asia compared to Northwest Europe, compared to South America, that they're all very, very different. I don't think there's going to be one global commoditized bio component. It's very much more likely to be a regional type of thinking when it comes to the use of biogenic material. So why are the companies working on a product like this now? We are moving into um, a bio economy. If I was to explain it to a customer, I think the, the main sell, to be honest, would be all about the uh, reduced carbon. Which is a key requirement across the road industry. Rachel Morgan is a key account manager for Shell Bitumen. She knows firsthand what stakeholders in the sector need. If we look forward to a net zero Britain in 2050, people will still travel by road and actually roads will be a vital part of zero carbon travel. From an industry perspective, the main asphalt producers are major cement companies which not only have huge challenges with managing CO2 emissions, but also very aggressive decarbonisation strategies. Highways England and other road owners in the UK are now requesting sustainable products and solutions as part of their tenders and as key contributors in the supply chain, we have to be at the forefront of sustainable solutions to support the net zero targets for UK roads by 2050 or earlier, but also the global net zero targets for both companies. The reduction in carbon by using products like this could play a significant role in helping the UK achieve net zero. We could store up to a million tonnes of this renewable biogenic material within the Highways England strategic road network. A single UK household uses up to 20 tonnes of carbon per year. 
so using biogenic asphalt in the English road network could save as much carbon as is used by 50,000 homes in one year. And how does this compare to other approaches to taking carbon out of the atmosphere? One way to reduce carbon is through improving carbon cycles in nature. By reforesting, by protecting peatlands and mangroves, for example. Another is by carbon capture from industrial processes, or through direct air capture. There was a sort of a natural world and then there was a man-made world. And in the natural world, it's about rebuilding and maintaining those natural carbon cycles, which kind of act as the world's thermostat. Or it's then, as we move to the technical world, it's how do we actually uh, intervene in that cycle by preventing gases from industrial processes reaching the atmosphere or even by taking gases directly from the atmosphere themselves. Shell and aggregate industries are well placed to work together on a project like this. Shell and AI have worked together for a number of decades and from a corporate perspective, we have similar challenges and strategies from a net zero perspective. We've also got a fantastic technical relationship and had the support and commitment from our leadership to look for groundbreaking solutions to decarbonise the sector. Aggregate Industries is, is part of a, a large company called Holcim. They have a pledge for net zero carbon. So one of the uh, ambitions of the company is that by 2030, we will have reduced our carbon by 20% against the baseline figure from 2018. Shell Bitumen has been responsible for identifying biogenic sources and working out how to transform them into binders for asphalt. And aggregate industries have been testing the new product. In the lab and in the field. To show how it performs. Both when it is being laid and when it is being driven on. Road trials were conducted last year. The trial consisted of the installation of a, a, a section of, of road. It was a, a public highway. We replaced both the surface course and the binder course, the layer immediately beneath the surface course. We looked essentially at the um, three main mechanical performance indicators, and those are deformation resistance, fatigue properties, and, uh, and stiffness. As well as these performance characteristics, aggregate industries looked at how the material mixes and how it pumps. They even smelled it. So it sounds a, an odd thing to think about in terms of asphalt, but, you know, the general public and operatives are quite sensitive to changes in, in odour. The installation crews are, are, very, um, are very canny and will soon, soon let you know whether they've got a problem in, uh, in laying material. The installation crews were more than happy and, and, and found it difficult to discriminate installation of a biobinder compared to a conventional binder. The trials and lab tests suggested there may be further advantages to the new binder. Neither company is ready yet to make definitive claims about performance. But they say the results so far are very promising. Testing in the field is, is, is essentially looking at the levels of compaction. So we do that by taking um, cores of the material and then look at things like the air voids in the mixture. 
So that, that's one way in which we can um, anal analyse the lay product and uh, determine whether or not the material is compatible. And, and when we did that, air, vo air voids between the standard grade and the, the bio binders were, were very similar. My conclusions from all of the performance testing we've done is to conclude that the material performs at least as well as what we would expect from a, a normal grade binder. Early indication from the tests that we've done, stiffness and deformation are, I would conclude, are comparable. The, there is an indication that the fatigue strength of the material is, is better, but that's just from a limit, the limited data that we've generated so far. As we were putting this episode together, Shell and Aggregate Industries are preparing for a new pilot installation using the product to demonstrate how it works in the field. They'll be using the results of all this testing to explain the carbon reduction achieved by using the product. But how can they express the results of all this testing to customers? That's far from easy. Highways England and other customers have clear specifications for how asphalt performs and existing labelling can show how much carbon is used to manufacture the binder. But this doesn't fully show all the impacts of using different binders. When you are taking a carbonaceous material, you have to ask where has that come from? And so has that come from a non-renewable resource? Has that come from the bio world? And if it's come from the, the, the bio world, how has that been grown? Has there been some land use change? Has there been a, an impact in the growing of that material? How quickly is that material being re-established and regrown? And how well is that carbon sort of stock being managed? That's at one end, and at the other end, you have to say, what's going to happen to that material at the end of its life? Is it going to be combusted? And so if you gave another example, another bituminous material, just for the sake of um, comparison, if you imagine a bituminous-backed carpet tile or roofing felt, something that, that also contains bitumen, that proposition may not hold as well because the majority of end-of-life carpets are currently, as far as I'm aware, not recycled. And so you haven't got that loop at the end. At the moment, it can be hard to assess the overall carbon impact of using different source materials. It isn't easy for customers to access or assess the full carbon impact of road building materials. But throughout the project development with, with Shell and AI for, for this new product, we've had experience in measuring this actually end to end. So from the bitumen production to the pavement construction. And as part of the implementation of the new product, we'll be able to help customers understand the true carbon impact and to help them develop strategies to avoid and reduce emissions where possible. Could there be a simpler way of comparing products? The UK actually was very, very uh, early in adopting a kind of uh, a carbon calculator for asphalt mixtures. That's an industry agreed tool. Both the supply side and the client side collaborated in that, and that, that tool is called Aspect. But there's a couple of drawbacks. One is that this is a very much a cradle-to-gate asphalt carbon calculator. It doesn't actually take into account biogenic materials. Some recent standard revisions have begun to consider these wider impacts. 
the European Standard for Sustainability of Construction Works, EN 15084, Revision A2, includes this. As does PAS 2060, the publicly available specification for carbon neutrality. But the, the standard asphalt carbon calculator is a pure sort of carbon dioxide cradle to gate number machine. And so this is something that, you know, something else with a technology which is slightly more complicated like this is how do you articulate that benefit against a, a good but now quite old system. There is scope for more industries to make use of biogenic materials, capturing and storing carbon for any product that can be made circular. Where plant-based materials are used to take carbon out of the bio-world and then kept in the technical world through long-term use or recycling. Packaging would be a good example if the packaging system was circular. So if you imagine our food packaging or packaging system, it doesn't have to be made from non-renewable materials. It could be made from renewable materials. Uh, however, for that system to stack up, the plastic or the packaging that was derived would have to be collected, sorted, recycled, and, and, and so on and so on. So the essence of it's the same. It's not unique to roads. The essence of it is if we can take carbon that was in the atmosphere in some form and remove that through an industrial process or through some form of vegetation, if that material can be then incorporated into a, a circular material that, that's recycled and that you can then minimise the degradation and the eventual return and release of that back to the atmosphere as, as carbon dioxide, then anything that meets that criteria has potential. Rachel says that the plans laid out for net zero in Britain by 2050 are ambitious. But we need to work together with the UK government and road owners to help define a detailed plan to achieve it. And I think these types of standards and labelling are actually part of that, that detailed journey to ensure that we can achieve those targets. Engineering Matters is a production of Reby Media. This episode was written by Will North. Hosting was by me, Alex Conacher, and by Bernadette Ballantyne. Sound Engineering by Ross McPherson. Series Supervision by John Young. And our own carbon sink is Rory Harris. Special thanks to our episode partner, Shell Bitumen, and also to Aggregate Industries. Thank you for listening. Engineering Matters is on all podcast apps, on our website, engineeringmatters.reby.media, on Twitter and on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs>